Now, thank you, Brother Terry. If you brought your copy of God's Word, turn to a familiar passage of Scripture, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I want to share with you a familiar passage. We'll look at uh, John 3, and we'll look at verse 1 through verse 21. Kindly, last week when I was preaching on the natural man, I kindly alluded to the point that we would uh, be sharing today from John chapter 3. They kindly go together, the natural man and the spirit man. John chapter 3, verse 1, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and heareth the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cometh, whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit." Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do not know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witnesses. Verse 12, If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. This morning I want to share with you a simple sermon that I've just entitled, You Must Be Born Again. I don't know over 35 years how many times, perhaps prior to the time I became a pastor and I was just a lay speaker, I don't know how many times I've preached from John chapter 3. But this sermon 
that I'm sharing with you this morning. I, I've used this text, but I've never preached this sermon. And so as I read God's Word, every time I read God's Word, it has something new and something exciting. I don't care how many times you read John chapter 3, you, God speaks to you in a new and different way. And so this morning, ye must be born again. The greatest need that any human being has in his or her life is to experience what the Bible refers to as the new birth. Really, it's a necessity. Well, it's a necessity if you want to go to heaven. It's a necessity if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be with the loved ones in heaven who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, then it's a necessity for you to be born again. So first of all, this new birth is a necessity in order to go to heaven. There's no other way to heaven than the new birth. Now the question is, how do we know that? How do we know that there's no other way but this way? You know, I have people to say, well, Brother Sammy, how do you believe a person goes to heaven? I say, well, I believe a person experiences a new birth. I believe you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. They say, well, you know, is there some other way? I believe that there's, you know, everybody's trying to get to heaven, but we're just trying to get to heaven different ways. Now, the Bible says there's only one way to go to heaven. There's only one way. That's the new birth. I might have shared with you recently, I forget who was sharing this, but, but uh, somebody was talking about the different ways to go to heaven. It's kind of like going to Chicago, and you know, you go to Chicago, and you can go by bus, and you can go by automobile, and you can go by plane, and there's a lot of ways to get there. Everybody's trying to get there, but we're just going in different ways. Well, the person remarked and said, but we're not talking about Chicago. We're talking about heaven, and there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's you experience this new birth. Now, how do we know that's the only way? Well, Jesus said it's the only way. Look, if you will, at John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to this Nicodemus guy, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see heaven. Unless you're born again, you can't see heaven. You can't go to heaven. And how do I know that for a fact? Well, Jesus said it. The only begotten Son of God said it. He declared, Jesus declared, not I declared, but Jesus declared, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see heaven. Now notice it's a necessity, first of all, simply because Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Secondly, it's a necessity because Jesus was speaking to this guy by the name of Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus, first, there was no finer man than Nicodemus. Nicodemus had it together. He was a, he was a good man. I mean, you, you may be a good person. Nicodemus, was a, he was a good man. If anybody would made it into heaven because of their goodness, it would have been Nicodemus. I mean, Jesus could have said, okay, man, listen, I don't have no argument with you of being a good person. You're a good person, and so one day you'll see the kingdom of God. He didn't say that. He said to the good person, Nicodemus, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see heaven. So it's a necessity 
because Jesus said it. It's a necessity because Jesus was talking to a good man. And then it's a necessity because Jesus was talking to a Pharisee. Now, the Pharisee, you had three, the three most important religious groups during this period of time were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the, the Essenes. Those were the three important groups. The most important, the most prestigious was the Pharisees. They were number one. And so here's Nicodemus. He was a member of the Pharisee. He was a good man, and he was in the number one religious group. This man, he had it together morally, and he had it all together religiously. But with all of those credentials, he still had a necessity in his life. You see, if anybody is in heaven, they must be born again. I've had people to tell me I'll go to a funeral home to visit with the family and I'll go up to the grave, uh, to, the, to, the, to the family and the, and the deceased is laying there and, and this is what they'll say to me. Let's say, for instance, it's a grandmother. And they'll say something like this. Well, I'll tell you, I'll know where she is. If there's anybody in heaven, y'all ever heard this? She's going to be there because I don't know anybody that was as good as she was. Y'all ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard it. Now, grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles, husbands and wives and children, I've heard it said about all of them. This man had it together morally, he had it together religiously, and Jesus said, except you're born again, you're not going to see heaven. So how do we know that the new birth is man's greatest necessity? Well, number one, Jesus declared it in verse 3. Jesus was talking to a morally, a religious person by the name of Nicodemus. And, and we know this also because of the terms that Jesus used. You notice that? Except a man be born again. Verse 3. Except a man be born again. Verse 7. Ye must be born again. See the terms? You think you're going to slide into heaven and you're never going to experience a new birth? Except a man be born again. Ye must be born again. And so when Jesus, listen, when He uses the word must... You must be born again. That's a divine must. Jesus said it. God the Son said it. God incarnate said it. Ye must. It's a divine must. He didn't say, listen, in order to go to heaven, ye must be baptized. He didn't say that. He didn't say, in order to go to heaven, ye must go to church, or ye must take the ordinances, or, or you, you must do this or do He said... In order to go to heaven, there's one divine must. You be born again. That's the must. So the Lord's not making a suggestion. It'd be good if you're born again. He's not making a recommendation, but He's simply stating a divine fact. Ye must be born again. So there's no way around it. Not for you, not for me, not for anyone. There's no way around it. 
If you want to see heaven, if you want to be with mama and daddy and papa and all of those who have gone on and have trusted Jesus, if you want to be in heaven, if you want to go to heaven, ye must be born again. Now, I really believe that a lot of people feel that they can kind of skirt the fact that you must be born again. They really believe that. They, they feel like they can, they can get in by being religious or being morally or if they belong to the right group, just like Nicodemus. And we won't have to go through that you must be born again thing. I've talked to too many people that belong to too many different religious groups that have no concept whatsoever of what it means to be born again. They just look at you. I mean, you say, well, have you ever asked Christ to come into your life? Have you ever been born again? Have you experienced a new birth? And they have no idea what that means. You see, Jesus is not into groups. But he's into changing lives of individuals from the inside out. That's what he's into. And so Nicodemus was in the right group if that would have gotten you to heaven. Here's the point. If Nicodemus had to be born again to see heaven, you and I must be born again to see heaven. So their great necessity. Then I jotted this down. How can we be born again? Look at verse 4. That's not a silly question to ask. Nicodemus was a, a religious person, and he asked the question. He said, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? How, I mean, how can he do that? Now, first of all, religion won't bring it. So Nicodemus was religious, but he didn't have peace with God. You know if you have peace with God or not. He was good, but that goodness, that morality didn't bring peace with God. His good works did not bring peace with God. His morality did not bring peace with God. You can be good, you can be a good moral person, and still be at war with God. You'll be afraid to die. You'll be afraid of the judgment. You'll be afraid of going to hell. That's not having peace with God. If you're afraid to die, you don't have peace with God. If you're afraid of going to hell, you don't have peace with God. You're at war with God. You see, there's the peace with God when the war is over. And then there's the peace of God that passes all understanding. You'll never have peace with God till the war is over. And you'll never have peace with God till you invite Christ into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. The only way to have peace with God is through salvation. That's why Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so if you're in a war with God today, it's simply because you're not saved. Now this new birth, Nicodemus, Jesus is saying, is not a physical birth. It's a spiritual birth. Now, you've been born physically, so you're born wrong. You say, well, how in the world can that happen? I imagine Nicodemus wondered, well, how, how, how can that happen? He says, he says, flesh gives birth to flesh. 
But the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Anything that I do fleshly will not bring about anything spiritual. Anything that I do spiritual brings about spiritual blessings. In other words, if, I, if I'm a good person, that's, that's physical. That won't bring anything spiritual. If I'm moral, if I'm religious, that's all physical. If I'm a Baptist or uh, an altar boy in the church or a deacon or a teacher or an usher or a greeter or serving the church or attending church or giving to the church, all that's physical. That'll produce nothing spiritual. Nothing. The Bible says flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So it's a spiritual thing that takes place in a person's life. On the inside, you look the same on the outside, but something changes on the inside. And when it changes on the inside, guess what happens to the outside? If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. So he does a work on the inside. We look the same on the outside, but we don't act the same on the outside. So one way you know if you're saved or not, if there's been a change on the inside, there'll be a change on the outside. If there's a change on the outside, that's great. If there's not, you're just as lost as you ever was. And that's sad. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I don't understand it. I mean, Nicodemus didn't understand it either. But you know, he wanted to go to heaven. And God, I believe this with all my heart, God wants you to go to heaven more than you want to go to heaven. Some people never give it a thought, just occasional thought. I believe they think about heaven because God has put eternity, according to the, to the psalmist, He's put eternity in their hearts. All of us think about dying. All of us think about heaven. All of us think about hell. And the person that says they don't is lying because God has put eternity in our hearts. We think about that. I wonder what this is going to be like when it's all over with. John 3, verse 16, a beautiful verse. For God so loved the world. He tells about a wonderful love here. He tells about this wonderful love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's a sacrificing love. Jesus Christ. God gave his son to the world. Sacrificing love. Agape love. It's not an emotional love. It's not a sensual love. It's not an emotional love where we get um, the city of... It's not filio love where we get the, the word filio love, uh, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Filio love is brother, brother love or brotherhood love. It's not brotherhood love that he so loved the world with. But it's a, it's a self-sacrificing love. For God so agape the world that he gave his only begotten son. See the sacrifice that was made? See how he wanted you to be saved, me, me to be saved? More so than our own selves? Would you give your son for someone to die on a cross for someone's sin who, has, who had really could care less whether they were saved or not? That's what I'm saying. 
He wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved. His love is a wonderful love. It's a sacrificial love. His love reaches out to every nation, every state, every county, every country, every town, every village, every city, every person. Reaches to the poor, reaches to the rich. Reaches, reaches to the white person, the black person, the Hispanic, to those who even are dependent on holy war, jihad, to bring about, to bring about salvation and peace. He reaches out to them in salvation. Without Jesus Christ, my friend, today, you're at war with God and you'll never find peace until you know Him as Lord and Savior of your life. God's love is wonderful because of what it does. It delivers us from sin. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. Did you know there are three different types of life taught in the Bible? There's a physical life. We're experiencing that right now. Physical life begins at conception and it ends at death. Sad to say, that's the only life that so many people will have. That that started at conception and ends at death. That's physical life. As long as they have a soul remaining in their body, that's physical life. But one day when the heart stops and the soul departs the body, then the physical life stops. That life ceases. The physical life, it ceases. Then you have the spiritual life, and that spiritual life begins when salvation comes, and that person is changed on the inside and, and on the outside. They become a new person. It's the abundant life that's, that's spoken of in John chapter 10. Just a few chapters over. Listen to what God's Word says in John chapter 10, verse 10. He, the, he said, Jesus is talking. He says, the thief, that's the devil, comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Did you know the devil is tracking you? He is. He's tracking you. He wants to steal from you. He wants, to, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. But Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So you have physical life and then you have this spiritual life. Jesus referred to it as an abundant life. He wants you to have an abundant life right now while you're living on earth. He wants to help you with your marriage. He wants to help you in school. He wants to help you with your children. He wants to help you with your spouse. He wants to help you at your job, with your finances. He wants you to live life to its fullest here and now. That's abundant life. Physical life, an abundant life. And that abundant life comes with spiritual life, that new birth experience. You receive that. That new birth, that physical life, I mean, that, that spiritual life. Now, there's this physical life, and then there's this spiritual life. I'm going to close with this. There's this eternal life. Now, this eternal life begins at the new birth, and it never ends. 
John chapter 10, verse 28 says this. Jesus said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. How long did I say the life? Forever. Forever. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you know if Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, do you know you can't even define eternal life and say you'll lose your salvation? You ever thought of it that way? If Jesus said in John 10, verse 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, how would you lose that? That began at the new birth. Now, today some of you may be in the natural state. You may have a physical life going on right now. And you're happy as a lark. You got a heart beating and you're alive. You have a soul. It's still within the body. And you're just happy as a lark and you're just having one more jam up good time. Nothing is slowing you down. You have that physical life. You don't have the spiritual life, and you don't have the eternal life. Now, let's throw this in there. Let's just say you die. Well, you don't have spiritual life. You don't have the eternal life. And then you're using this real bright analogy, and you're saying, well, I guess that's it then, isn't it, Brother Sandy? No, that's not it. Because if you don't have physical life and you don't have eternal life, then you have what's known as eternal death. Physical death, eternal death. Friend, listen, death, physical death is not all. You think Jesus would came from heaven's glory and died on the cross and suffered for the way he suffered if death was the end for you? There's more after death. Today, there are men, women, youth, mothers and fathers and grandparents and aunts and uncles and a whole different array of people that are here, that need to be born again. You need to come today. Don't put it off. You need to come today and trust Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse 15, as we close. John uh, John 3, verse 15. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Salvation is wonderful because it it has a, a love. It's an outreach love for the world. It tells of a wonderful gift. It's eternal life. And there's a wonderful plan. And the plan is whosoever believes in him shall not perish. His plan's real simple. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's the plan. It's a gift of God, not of works, 
where you can't boast. It's available to everyone. Whosoever believeth in him, verse 15, should not perish but have eternal life. It's a whosoever gospel. It's available to everyone. No, one's, no one is left out. John 10, verse 9 says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in out and find pasture. If any man enters in, no one's left out. You can't say it included everybody but me. In him, in Christ, in him alone, no one perishes. No one. Verse 17, John 3, For God sent not his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Going down to verse 36, as he closes out, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. No one who believes in him perishes. So the greatest need you have in your life is what the Bible calls a new birth. You must be born again to go to heaven. Being morally won't get you there. Oh, I know, a, I know a lot of good people. They belong to a lot of good clubs, civic clubs. I mean, I've got good friends that belong to different types of the Rotary Club and the Civitan Club and, and the Shriners and all of these do great and wonderful things. They really do. He, Nicodemus may have belonged to the clubs of his day. I, I don't know. But that won't get you to heaven. Religion won't get you to heaven. Being a Baptist, even a good Baptist, <laughs> won't get you to heaven. Religious activity won't get you to heaven. You can sign up to serve here and there and do this, go here, go there, go on mission trips, all that stuff. That won't get you to heaven. Benevolence won't get you to heaven. We'll take an offering and you can... Give to the church, or you can give to missions, or you can give to uh, whatever. Whatever you want to give to. The Bible says, you must be born again.